This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. We are going to have a very interesting episode, and we have a great guest for this episode. Our guest is an epidemiologist specializing in the field of measurement of physical activity and sedentary behavior. Currently, she's working as a senior research fellow at the School of Human Movement and Nutrition Sciences in the University of Queensland, Australia. She is the president of International Society for the Measurement of Physical Behavior. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Dr. Bronwyn Clark. Welcome, Bronwyn. Thank you, Ollie. Nice to be here. Yeah, great to great to have you. So, should we start with the short recap of your research career, your research interests, and and passions? Okay, so, um, well, before I started a research career, um, I was actually a speech pathologist and um, I decided I wanted to go back and become a, like a, a management um, health manager um, in hospitals. So I did my Master of Public Health. And at the end of that Master of Public Health, you get to do a dissertation. And, um, and that's a sort of a research, a short research um, trial. And um, I went along to a, um, a lesson about how to do a dissertation and they had someone talking about the dissertation they had done. And it happened to be Genevieve Healy um, and talking about um, her dissertation that she'd done on sedentary behaviour. Um, and many of your listeners would probably have heard of Jen because she's been a really um, great researcher in physical activity and sedentary behaviour. She said, come and see my supervisor. My, she was doing her PhD at the time. Come and see my PhD supervisor and see, um, see what you think. And I went and saw her PhD supervisor, and that was Neville Owen, also another great name in um, sedentary behaviour and physical activity. And Neville said, why did you want to do this dissertation with us? And I said, it sounds really practical. It makes so much sense to me that sedentary behaviour is important. Um, and he said, what's your background? And I said, I'm a speech pathologist. And he said, my wife's a speech pathologist. You'll be great. <laughs> and so I did my dissertation with Neville and then, then did well at that and went straight into my PhD. And that was on sedentary behaviour because at that time, that was the very sort of the beginnings of a real interest in sedentary behaviour. And we needed some measurement um, methods. And so I did my PhD on measuring sedentary behaviour by questionnaire. Um, and it was really interesting and I, and I think measurement really appealed to me. Um, I, like to, I like to try and know um, what the truth of a matter is. I mean, you don't always get that with measures, but um, it, it definitely appealed to me um, for my PhD. And then when I finished my PhD, I, um, I had some postdoctoral positions um, actually at Human Movements and Nutrition Sciences, where I'm back now. Um, but I wanted to have, uh, you know, get my own fellowship and I, I managed to get a fellowship through our National Health and Medical Research Council. And that was around um, using measurement once again, but not just a questionnaire, um, also looking at um, 
at using monitors and um, using both questionnaires and monitors and, and how we can best utilise those in interventions and to evaluate uh, when we go to make changes in physical activity and sedentary behaviour. And I'm, I'm coming to the end of that fellowship now um, and I'm back working at um, the School of Human Movement and Nutrition Studies again um, and still interested in um, that intersection between, um, sedent uh, sorry, between um, self-report methods and also objective methods and how we get the most out of combining both of those um, to give us the information we need when we when we go to target and make changes in physical activity and sedentary behaviour. So very, very interesting from speech pathologist wanting to be a health manager and ending up a researcher. Could you could you tell more about this? How what was it in in research that got you hooked that you you went the other way than you you were planning? I really think um, it's not a drug as such, but um, research has a real um, a real hook to it. Um, um, designing a research study and collecting the data and having a, a, a hypothesis of how you think this is going to work out. That moment when you actually look at the data, I call it my sneaky peek, where you look at the beginning of the data and you you look at what it tells you. Did it tell you what you thought it was going to tell you? Did it tell you something completely different but also really interesting? It's um, it's a really great, um, I think, a really, really fulfilling part of the work. Um, and so that, I think, was the hook initially, um, was that that ability to try and work out a problem and then find the answer or find an answer, not necessarily the one you thought it was going to be, but an answer. And that's that's really what made me think, okay, this is more interesting than health management. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I had actually one colleague who was doing masters in English language, and then after doing his thesis, he found out about quantitative method methods and statistics, and he became a statistician. He did a PhD in statistics from from English English language, and he he really fell in love with the kind of the accuracy of of analyzing, and he he was super excited about new new methods to to statistics so that was a little bit little bit similar in in a way and and you also mentioned that you have been working on the self report versus device based measurement how do we best utilize those so could you could you tell us what's what's how, how do we do it the best so I don't know. I'm still working it out, but um, but I do think um, I mean I, I think devices and and the development that we've had in devices has been just exponential over the last whatever five ten years, um, and we have so much available to us now, and the accuracy that we get out of those devices and the information we get is fantastic. But it's not everything. Still, um, there are there are some things that you we cannot measure with devices. Um, we're getting a, a little better, um, so we can get some information on context, like where people are um, using GPS and so forth and Bluetooth. Um, but we can't we can't know um, necessarily who people are with, um, how they're feeling. Um, yeah, what they're doing as such, um, we don't we don't have all of those answers, and that's really important information when we go to try and make changes to people's 
lives to try and make them make changes to their behaviour. It's not just about being physically active. There's, there's a lot more to it than that. And I think we can get that information from self-reports. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. <clears throat> yeah, so, so you mentioned also that with the device-based, we can get the location and context a bit with using Bluetooth and GPS. Could, could you tell more about you have worked with the, with the Bluetooth technology? Yes, yeah, so um, we had, um, I actually made a, had a study in the workplace because I was really interested in um, trying to tease out where people were at work when they were um, sitting for long periods of time. And uh, so I used the, um, their Actigraph um, monitors um, and they, the latest, the link monitors have that Bluetooth capability. Um, and what we found is that we were able to find where people were or, or um, indicate where people were as long as they were fairly still. Um, so the Bluetooth worked fairly well um, for people working out where they were sitting for long periods of time. And that in fact, um, is important. That's something we want to know. Um, but it, we had more trouble working out where they were, were where they were when they were walking around and moving more quickly, or only spending short periods of time in an area. So it it um, it did give us information that we wanted to know, um, which was great. Um, there is problems with Bluetooth though. When we tried to use that again, um, having had our building um, completely, all the computers being changed over to being Bluetooth enabled, it interfered with the signal. Um, and so the second time we tried to use that method, we, we didn't have success. So it, it Bluetooth is, while can be good, um, it, it's a little bit messy um, and a little bit harder to use. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian. Fibian is an accurate sitting and physical activity tracking device and analysis platform. It is a great tool for projects that aim for behaviour change in sedentary behaviour and incidental physical activity. Fibian provides easy-to-understand PDF and web browser reports for participants. Other features include comparisons to recommendations, linking results to health risks, achievement cards and interactive goal-setting tool. In addition, Fibian provides an API that allows for easy integration to other systems and applications. Learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian, from researchers to researchers. Yeah, that's, that, that's very interesting. So you said that when the persons were sitting or doing sedentary behavior, it worked well, but when they were walking... It wasn't very accurate. Do you think it's it's a feature of Bluetooth, kind of innate, or is it something about the frequency that could be could be improved? There might be improvements that could be made um, with Bluetooth, um, and 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 I'm sure that not all um, Bluetooth receivers and and um, and signals are the same. Um, so that's something that could definitely be explored in the future. Um, and I think um, working with engineers who, who have some ability in that area um, is a really Im important um, advance that we need to pursue. The other thing with Bluetooth too is in some environments, um, it um, it bounces, almost bounces off different, you know, it has different capability depending on what the just like the recording that we had today, you'd like a soft environment. A Bluetooth um, can have difficulty when um, 
when there's um, different surfaces around it. So it's just, it's not as cut and dried as um, you would think it would be. But I definitely think there's possible improvements to be made in using Bluetooth to get more information about context of where people are. And and about the technology, so the person is wearing a device which is sending a Bluetooth signal and then you have these things called beacons. How how many do you need and how was it in your case? What was the kind of the beacon that that is used to locate the person? Yeah, so in our case we um we used beacons on around the room. So we had oh, this is my my memory going back now. I think we had we definitely had two beacons on their desk and another two within the room they were in and then around the corridors we had um we had them two in each corridor um and what we found was in fact using um even just one beacon wasn't there wasn't a huge improvement by by using more than uh, one beacon in our particular study um so in terms of indicating where people were, whether they were at their desk or not. And we found that the beacon used sort of higher up on the wall was um, much more accurate than than on the desk. Um, so something that I guess higher up on the wall has less um, interference from other objects in the room, um, that tended to be better too. And and you said that one was enough, but isn't that if you have just one beacon, you can only detect the distance from the beacon, but you cannot detect like the direction, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't try and triangulate um, the direction. Um, we just we just used it in terms of proximity. So were you in proximity with that beacon or not? The um, the strength of the of the signal that we got. Uh, we tried to interpret the numbers that we were getting as well, and they they didn't seem to give any indication of when you were closer or further away from that beacon. And so this this is a very interesting technology. What would you say is the the readiness level of of use, and and what do you expect? When is it really working so well that you can see it used widely in in research? So at the level that I looked at it, it it isn't um, it isn't ready to be rolled out for any application. I do think at the level we used it, 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 you would be able to find when people were at their desk and sitting for long periods of time. Um, but it wouldn't be able to show where they were everywhere. I think there's still work to go on that. And and how, how do you see, for example, uh, with, the, with the small children in daycare, do you think in, in the office we know that people are probably sitting by their desk? That's not probably surprising. But for example, in daycare centers, we don't really know where the kids are, for example, outside sedentary. Do you think this would be interesting to use this technology? You could possibly use that technology um, for working out whether they were inside or outside. The other options that you could do, um, so one of the um, other methods of working out context is to use GPS. um, And that one of the problems with that is it doesn't work inside, it only works outside. So I guess the combination between the two could possibly give you good information about whether they're doing outdoor play or indoor play too. I think there had been some other researchers who were using the same Bluetooth method um, in a playground 
to work out where kids were in the playground um, and they were having some success with that, of working out where, where kids were playing in the playground with the Bluetooth beacons. So so probably in the future we can use Bluetooth, we can use GPS to kind of locate where the persons are and then with the self-report we can we can report feelings, who they are with and other other things. So what's your what's your kind of dream setup for for future if we look in 5-10 years? What kind of studies we can do and what would be interesting research designs that you would like to design to to learn more about sedentary behavior and physical activity? I think um, I, I, so I've been playing a little with um, devices that have um, have a, a Bluetooth capability, but not in terms of working out where people are, but in terms of delivering questions to people's phones. Um, so you can deliver a question to people, like a um, ecolo- ecological momentary sampling. Having devices that are easily wearable, um, that give us our information on um, sitting versus standing and also on movement, and then having the capability of those um, devices to get that extra information that you want to know about where people are, who they're with, um, what, how they feel, um, what's the purpose of what they're doing, whatever extra contextual information you're interested in. Having those that are easily wearable, that are inexpensive, so you can have them um, being rolled out in um, countries where um, cost is an issue, um, I think that um, that will be a real advance in the use of um, of devices and self-report together. Yeah, sounds sounds very good. So maybe we wrap up this part one, and you are also the president of the International Society of Measurement of Physical Physical Behavior. So we will have a short break, and we will then go more to more to that theme. Okay. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate the rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.